second ever episode of Here's Johnny. I'm your host, Jonathan, Johnny Tim, back once again. I had great success in my first episode. I was not expecting any more than maybe a dozen, maybe 20 views from friends and family. However, I posted that episode on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so I ended up with a total of 58 views on the first ever episode of Here's Johnny. That was the introductory episode. I also talked about some college basketball, why I like college sports, opposed to pro. I want to thank everyone who tuned in to that first episode. I'm very happy with the results, especially being my first ever published podcast. Yet, be sure to follow the Here's Johnny podcast on social media at Instagram and Twitter. So far, those are my only two platforms I've made. I'm sure I'll make a Facebook account down the road, maybe YouTube. But for now, please go follow the Here's Johnny social media, Instagram and Twitter at Here's Johnny Tim. I'd include the Tim as part of the link because at Here's Johnny has already been taken as official links to Twitter and Instagram accounts. So Nonetheless, please give a follow for more updates on the podcast and more news and maybe some insights before episodes begin. So once again, here's Johnny. New episodes every Friday. Sports from broadcaster standpoints and from an analytical and statistical side of it as well. So that's my social media. And today I really want to talk about how I'm going to format these episodes coming forward. As you may have guessed through the title of this episode, Format finalization and why super teams aren't the move. I'll talk about that in a second. So a little recap of what we talked about in episode one. It was obviously the introduction. We talked a lot about college basketball. We broke down the final four a little bit, which we will in this episode as well, as Kansas Jayhawks are the 2022 NCAA tournament champions. We'll talk about them a bit more in just a second. We talked about Johnny Davis and his commitments to the NBA draft as well as the Wooden Award finalists throughout college basketball. So that was a little messed up. Um, I was kind of all over the place. wasn't really organized at all. I kind of just went with it. I said full send and kind of just talked about what came to the top of my head. This episode, much more organized, much more structured, and much more content. I know last episode was only about 28 minutes long, so I'm hoping for a lot more to talk about in this episode. So I will talk about my format going forward with Here's Johnny, and this is the template I'm going to be using from here on out with adjustments being made as needed, obviously. So episodes now will consist of a recap of what I discussed prior, in prior episodes, I should say, and then I'll shift into new content. So I just talked about what went down in the first episode, and now right away, I'm going to talk about a little bit of what's going to go down in this episode. So... Today I'll be talking about the national championship and final four of college basketball, and we'll also be talking about some golf today. Yes, golf, PGA is on my radar. I grew up in a house of golfers. My dad caddied at Whistling Straits, and that is a professional golf course in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, which is not too far from where I grew up. So I typically like to check in on the major golf tournaments and the Masters this weekend. Uh, Today is actually day two of the battle for the green jacket. I'm recording this 
on Thursday, April 7th. I have it on TV right now. However, by the time you guys are all listening to this, today is day two of the Masters Golf Tournament. So we'll get into more of that later. The meat and potatoes, or just the general main idea of a general episode of Here's Johnny, I'm going to be talking about recent events in sports that I personally find significant and one that I can really, really go in depth on and expand. So in today's particular episode, as you might have guessed by the title, I'm going to be talking about why super teams aren't the move, why I personally think super teams will not prosper, specifically in the NBA. Um, Obviously, that's become a new trend, especially through all the crazy free agency and trades, blockbuster moves we see by teams in today's NBA play. So what sparked that up for me was when I found on Tuesday that the LA Lakers, their all-star stacked lineup full of veterans and talents, got eliminated from playoff competition. So We'll talk about them further along in the episode. And finally, the last part of episodes will consist of uh, content that's going to be coming up. So not stuff that's currently going on, stuff that's coming up. Something to look forward to. I'll give a breakdown in this episode of the Milwaukee Brewers upcoming season. First pitch against the Chicago Cubs will take place in about an hour. However, by the time you guys are listening to this, Game one will have already been completed. One team will be one and zero. Hopefully, it's the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, like I said, I'm going to be try to be I'm going to try to be unbiased towards my favorite teams. However, I will be cheering for the Brewers as I have my whole life. And we are now officially in the spring football season at the collegiate level. My roommates, our three football players for Saint Albert College, they're excited about their spring season. They're actually off to team lift right now they'll practice later but what i'm going to be talking about in this episode is about the wisconsin badgers current state of mind especially with their future of having their quarterback graham mertz and what we can expect overall in the 2022 season from the badger football program so let's get in the mainstream of things now we're going to break down to start this episode what just went down in the final four obviously the kansas jayhawks coming on top as the 2022 national champions in their first game, they defeated the Villanova Wildcats, who were the two-seed, with a score of 81-65. to First half was all Kansas, leading 40-29 to at halftime, and they just kind of held on in the second half. Villanova had a much better second half as they scored 36 points to combat the Kansas Jayhawks, 41 points in their second half run. However, 16 points was the margin of victory for the Jayhawks in that first game which was followed by the Duke-North Carolina matchup. But take a look at some of the stats here. Kansas was led by David McCormick, a guy who only averages 10 points a game at the forward position, had 25 of the Jayhawks, 81 points, also had nine rebounds to go with. Ochai Abaji, their star guard, had 21 points to complement David McCormick's performance as well. So that was just too much for the Villanova Wildcats to handle. Coach Jay Wright empty-handed this time around in the Final Four. So it was the Kansas Jayhawks off to the national championship to face the winner of the Duke-North Carolina matchup, a game that I hyped up a lot in that last episode. Obviously, Duke-North Carolina, Coach K's final go-around with the North Carolina Tar Heels. And quite honestly... It was a very good game, back and forth. 
It went Duke led by three at halftime. However, 47 points the Tar Heels put to, together in that second half was just too much for the Blue Devils to overcome. Not a lot of bench production from either team. Caleb Love, sophomore guard for North Carolina, ended the game with 28 points to lead all scores. And I must say, the way North Carolina handled that win, handing Coach K his final loss and final game, I should say, on the biggest stage in college basketball, I was seeing some stuff on the internet that made me cringe a little bit. But then again, as much as I respect Coach K, you got to admire the tenacity and firepower coming from the UNC fan base. I know Coach K, obviously famous for his 1,000 wins plus as a coach. I did see one North Carolina t-shirt that um, it showed Coach K being wheeled around in a wheelchair with a Tar Heel mascot behind it. And the letters on the shirt said, Coach 401K, um, referencing that Coach K's time to retire is here. And I got a kick out of that one. So although I respect the living daylights of Coach Mike Strzeski, that was just too funny for me not to mention. So on to the national championship, it was Kansas versus North Carolina. Now, this game, Kansas went on a 7-0 run to start out. But after that, the rest of the first half, North Carolina had the Jayhawks by the throat. They were up by 15 at halftime, 40-25. to So it would require the Jayhawks to make what would be the biggest comeback in NCAA tournament championship history. So right away in the second half, UNC picked up where they left off. However, Kansas held on close. They maintained their composure, went on to score 47 points in that second half. Still, it was neck and neck the whole way as Kansas evened things out and eventually took a three-point lead with around 20 seconds left. North Carolina could not get a three-point shot, or at least a good three-point shot off in the final 20 seconds. They had not one, not two, but three tries from the perimeter to tie things up in this national championship game. They had one final shot with three seconds to go. However, it was nothing but air, and the Kansas Jayhawks will be flying high the 2022 NCAA Tournament Championship banner. So a lot of scoring all around for North Carolina, all but one of their starters scored in double figures. Johnson off the bench had 11 points. So fairly consistent all around from them. However, the difference maker was Kansas's bench production. 16 points off the bench. Martin with 14 of them. And Oche Obachi did not have, I guess, what would we would say? I think we'd say one of his better games. Only 12 points for him, but Darren McCormick tied all the scores with Wilson with 15 points. So fairly consistent scoring from the Jayhawks end of it. A great game played from a team span from I'm sorry, a team standpoint. Words are hard, especially recording long episodes of this. But I must say, impressive tournament run for the Kansas Jayhawks. I believe I had them losing. In the Sweet 16, I've never been too high on Kansas in the tournament as a whole. However, they are one of the premier programs in college basketball. To North Carolina coach Hubert Davis, bringing his eighth-seeded Tar Heels all the way to the Final Four in his first year as the new head coach. Replacing the legendary head coach, 
Roy Williams, whose career was ended at the hands of my Badgers. I'm never going to get over that. But let's shift gears now from college basketball. Their season is over, and we're going to switch gears to something that, quite honestly, I don't think a whole lot of you listeners knew about me, but I do follow golf, yes. I guess not a huge, huge fan. I will watch and tune into every single major of the season. And PJ Majors consists of the Masters Golf Tournament, which is going on right now. Uh, for all you listeners, today is day two of the Masters Golf Tournament. Right now I'm watching day one as I am recording this on Thursday, April 7th. But I tune into the Masters, both the U.S. Open and British Open. And my personal favorite, the PGA Championship which is oftentimes held at Whistling Straits Golf Course near Sheboygan, Wisconsin, which is near where I grew up. So with that being said, let's talk a little bit about the Masters Golf Tournament this year, once again, in Augusta, Georgia. I think top story is Tiger Woods making his PGA return after 500 days without a competitive professional competition, at least. Um, that was following his... Um, his scary car accident, it was a single car crash that happened back in early 2021. Um, he had to go ma undergo major knee surgery. So as I'm watching this tournament, he's having a lot of trouble bending down to pick up the ball after he makes it in the hole or trying to eye up the green in what direction. Things are flowing in. But props to Tiger Woods overall. He's gone through a lot of adversity over the years, whether it's being a young golfer chasing his dream of passing Jack Nicklaus for the all-time major tournament win record, whether it's through controversy through his marital status, whether it's through the amount of injuries he's been through, especially in the last decade. He's gone through numerous injuries back and forth. Um, I know he had back surgery. Obviously, like I said, his recent knee surgery caused him a lot of harm. But he's finally back after 500 days um, looking to win. His sixth ever Masters tournament. Right now he has 15 majors overall. Five of them have been for the Green Jacket. His last Masters tournament came back in 2019, which I believe was his first major victory. Or what I know for sure was his first Masters victory in about 15 years. I believe it was 2004 or 2005. Maybe 2006. I don't know. Somewhere in the teens was how many years ago. And that was the last time he ever put on a green jacket till his recent one in 2019. Right now he's sitting at an even field of play. He's played, I believe, eight holes as of now. We'll keep you updated as the tournament goes on. Um, coverage on ESPN and NBC. Um, the Golf Channel through NBC. Good coverage through there as well. Um, the tournament will take place up until Sunday after all the cuts have been made. And I believe the cut will be taking place on Saturday. So that's, that's just typical um, U.S. Major Golf Tournament, or PGA Golf, I should say. So that being said, let's switch gears now to the main stream of things. The meat and potatoes of the episode, like I said, it's a reference I'll, I like to use. The main course, L.A. Lakers eliminated from playoff competition on Tuesday. Now... If we know anything about this L.A. Lakers team, look at who they have running the floor. Obviously, LeBron James, 19th year in the league. This is only his fourth time ever missing the postseason. But you have veteran Carmelo Anthony. He was also in the 03 draft class with LeBron James. Um, you got guys like Anthony Davis, who was 
big for the Lakers in their title in the NBA bubble. Russell Westbrook has sparked quite the scene in the league. Obviously, all the controversy of everyone calling him Russell Westbrook. Some adversity he has to overcome there. But what makes me most upset about this Lakers team and about the NBA in general is the trending super teams. You have four guys who formerly were leaders and top players for different teams expected to cooperate and coerce to a team to the ultimate goal of winning a championship. It just doesn't seem to work. Well, it did seem to work at first, and now I'm going to talk about the Golden State Warriors back in their dynasty of super teams. Well, the original Warriors, now by the original Warriors, I mean Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Andrew Bogut, Harrison Barnes. You could throw Iguodala in there as well. But as soon as they added the addition of Kevin Durant, that is what started the whole super team thing. I believe that was back in 2016. Um, when the Warriors, that was following the Warriors lost to the Cavs, the 3-1 to series lead that they blew. That was the 2015 NBA Finals, but ultimately that is when the whole super team trend started. Now, one could argue that it was the Miami Heat's big three with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh was a super team. Obviously, guys like Ray Allen and Shane Battier were a part of that team as well, all very Notable players and veterans. However, to me, you have Steph Curry, the best three-point shooter of all time. Honestly, low-key, one of the next best three-point shooters of all time and Clay Thompson on that team. And just numerous weapons all around that fit their style of play. The Warriors were unstoppable. I mean, quite frankly, I did not believe the Cavs would beat them in the finals back in 2015. But that's just the way things played out. And now, the addition of Kevin Durant is what set the whole league in a spiral. You have teams scrambling left and right to just absolutely load up their lineup. And I guess for me, the biggest thing is I see LeBron James reaching out to guys like Anthony Davis. And that bubble team that won the championship definitely deserved to win. Obviously, me personally, I was rooting for the Miami Heat in that one in the, in the NBA bubble championship. Tyler Hero, by the way. My favorite all-time NBA player. Um, he, I was a freshman in high school when he was a senior at Whitnall. We both played in the WIAA. Not quite the same league as we were different divisions, but Tyler Hero, a guy I have always followed and appreciated and admired. Um, obviously, his decommitment from Wisconsin was something I never was a big fan of. But he made the right choice. He went to Kentucky. He's thriving now. Um, he got a lot of hate for it. Uh, I personally can relate to that. I got I didn't I didn't get a lot of respect back in my high school days either. Um, he dealt with a lot of similar things that I had to go through. That's why Tyler Hero, although I will admit a little bit cocky, Hero has always been an inspiration for me. So seeing him just showcase the NBA bubble playoffs was a treat to watch. However, like I said, Anthony Davis and LeBron James of that Laker bubble team came out victorious in the NBA Finals that year. But super teams will never prosper. Look at the Nets. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Look at where they are now. Look at where that big three got them. Absolutely nowhere. It got James Harden to become a selfish player, 
And look at Harden now, off with the Sixers. Trade away, Brooklyn Nets. Quite honestly, I think we'll be better off without him. We saw they added Blake Griffin to their lineup as well. Kyrie Irving, obviously able to play now due to New York City's vaccination laws, allowing him to take the court on his home or on his team's hometown for a while, was only able to play visiting teams. But the Brooklyn Nets, I feel like, will be one of the premier teams now without having too many superstars on that team. But we look at that Brooklyn Nets team. We There was, without a doubt, that ESPN, all the major mainstream media, wanted a Nets versus Lakers final. I doubt, well, with, it for sure won't happen now with the Lakers being eliminated. But if it were up to me, you're better off with a much more, I guess, you're better off with a team that has guys who knows who know their role, accept their team role, play to the best of their ability, one that has team chemistry, and just plays solid all-around basketball. Fundamentals, not superstars. You're not you're not going to win with five all-stars as we saw the Lakers not even making the play-in tournaments. All-around playoff competition. They will not be seeing any of it this year. LeBron James having to be disappointed with that, I'm sure. The Lakers' front office is going to make plenty of decisions. We're seeing a lot of controversy. But obviously, the Lakers' front office and the Brooklyn Nets' Steve Nash. Steve Nash being their newly named head coach for this season. And a big example I like to look at is the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. Definitely not a super team. Yes, they have a superstar in Giannis Antetokounmpo, but you look at their championship roster, Chris Middleton... Former All-Star, fairly all-around player, definitely a long-time veteran for the Milwaukee Bucks. You had Bobby Portis, a guy I had never even heard of until he went to the Milwaukee Bucks. Brooke Lopez, the sh- one of the best shooting big men of all time, definitely a crucial role in the championship. George Hill, long-time veteran. He's actually teammates with LeBron James in Cleveland. But he had the veteran experience. Dante DiVincenzo had a big role on that team, however, missed most of the season due to injury. Um, but ultimately, that Bucks team was a very well put together team. George Lopez, uh, not George Lopez, Brooke Lopez, I should say. George Lopez being one of my senior friends on campus, but Brooke Lopez was the final key to that Bucks puzzle. And I'm never gonna, I'll never forget what LeBron James said after winning Game Six over the Phoenix Suns. He did it the hard way. He didn't join a super team. And I strongly believe he was directly calling out Kevin Durant. Because if you ask me, Kevin Durant's two rings with the Golden State Warriors are not respectable. LeBron, or not LeBron, Giannis's one ring with the Bucks will always be a thousand times more impressive than Kevin Durant's two rings with the Warriors. I mean, look at the Phoenix Suns, two of the West. They're nothing special. Chris Paul, obviously, not quite washed up. However, a lot of talent to bring running the floor. Devin Booker, definitely emerging as one of the best players, or at least one of the best guards in the league. DeAndre Ayton really got after it 
in the NBA playoffs last year. So really, we saw both teams who made it to the finals, not at all super teams. If we look at this year's standings, the Miami Heat currently lead the Eastern Conference, and they're nothing too special either. A lot of, a lot of familiar faces to their 2021 NBA bubble, no, 2020 NBA bubble runner-up team. Guys like Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, not a part of them anymore, but Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler worked his tail end off to reach the championship. Has really been a true leader for that team. Duncan Robinson, who was an undrafted out of Michigan, has really emerged as one of the best shooters in the NBA. So that put together, and let's look at the West too, Memphis Grizzlies. I really want to see a Grizzly versus Heat Finals. Now, this is not me going up against the Bucks. This is me rooting for Tyler Hero. I'm not a fake Bucks fan. Yes, I watched him a lot more after Giannis emerged and hit the weight room, but I will always root for my home state. But right now, Tyler Hero is my go-to man when it comes to rooting for teams. But anyway, we look at the East. Now we're going to look at the West. The Memphis Grizzlies, obviously led by John Morantz, one of the most emerging upcoming stars in the league, in my opinion. He's going to be one of the greatest athletic guards in league history. So, and one cannot tell me that the Memphis Grizzlies are a super team. I personally can't even name, well, I'm sure I'm familiar with some of the guys on the roster. I'm not going to go ahead and look at the roster either to make it act like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Grizzlies basketball, but I do know that they're a well-put-together team, and the evidence shows that they're one of the top two teams in the Western Conference, Western Conference always being the powerhouse of the two NBA sides. And if you ask me, I want to see... A Heat versus Grizzlies finals. Once again, proving my point that super teams are not the way to go. And not to bash the Los Angeles Lakers at all, but it made me smile when I saw that they were eliminated from playoff competition. LeBron James this season really making his voice clear on both the basketball side of things and political side of things. Um, personally, if you ask me, I think politics should be completely abolished from sports. I'm sure I'll talk about that that in future episodes, but as a country, we want to focus on what's what unites us and not what divides us. Sports unites people of all demographics, races, ages, um, uh, demographics around the world. And right now, it being politicized is not how we should be going about things. I'm watching golf right now. Zero politics involved from any of the Athletes, yes, I will say golfers are athletes, but that being said, that is why I think super teams will never prosper. The selfish play, that'll come from all the guards, or all the stars, I should say, will not be achievable in the long run. So, LA Lakers removed from playoff competition. That is the main portion of the podcast. That is now complete. Let's switch gears now to the Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Baseball is something that, at least at the professional level, I've kind of uh, kind of tailed off coverage in recent history. Um, me personally, 162 games is a lot to keep up with. But I have been a Brewer fan my entire life. Grew up watching guys like Prince Fielder, Ricky Weeks, Carlos Gomez, Giovanni Gallardo, John Axford, all legends forever in my Brewer memory. Um, this year... Especially in recent history, Brewers have been playing a lot better of baseball as Craig Council is now entering his eighth season 
as the manager of this Brewers team. Last year, Milwaukee finished with a record of 95-67, and 67, winning the NL Central Division by a good five games over the Cardinals. Um, I was pretty hyped for the postseason, however. Atlanta bested the five-game series in the NLCS, so not much going for the Brewers as of last year. This year, my hopes are pretty high for them. Um, guys like Christian Yelich is returning. Lorenzo Cain back up in the lineup as well. Colton Wong, Cy Young winner. Corbin Burns hitting the lineup. Josh Hader in the bullpen. I believe Brewers are projected as right now the fourth best team in the league as a whole. And by league, I mean MLB, national and American included. Um, one of the, For me, one of the biggest acquisitions the Brewers achieved over this offseason was the acquirement of Andrew McCutcheon. Now, Andrew McCutcheon is a guy I grew up watching as a Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, he's one of those guys that fairly consistent his whole career. Um, he actually let off yesterday's game, or uh, today's game, I should say, as I'm watching it right now, with a leadoff double in the second inning against the Cubs. Score right now 0-0 as of April 7th. I'd say the biggest recent news from the Brewers is the suspension of Pedro Severino. Eight-game suspension as the catcher got in trouble with performance-enhancing drugs. Omar Navarez will be will have to step up as the catcher position as Servino, Severino, I should say, will not be back till midseason. So until then, Brewers are going to have to make do. They had a couple of acquisitions, two of them, I believe, at catcher over the last couple of days. So things are being figured out pretty well for the most part. And depth chart looks pretty solid from pitching, fielding standpoints. Obviously a very stacked outfield. Um, MLB season starting up after the lockout happened. MLB Players Association and the league itself with the disputes finally got that all figured out. Um, I wasn't quite sure what all went down, but nonetheless, we have a full 162-game season. So this is what the Brewers are looking at to start the year. Today is Thursday. Well, I guess you listeners are listening on Friday. So right now, until Sunday, four-game series with division rival Chicago Cubs. All games starting at 1.20 Central Time on Valley Sports Wisconsin. And following the series with the Cubs, Brewers will have a three-game series with the Baltimore Orioles. That is, That game will be played in Camden Yards in Baltimore. And Brewers will not be making their home opener till Thursday, April 14th. Four-game series hosting the St. Louis Cardinals, I should say. Um, Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. Once again, reuniting his teammates, Albert Pujols, in his 40s now, making his final run as a professional baseball player. It'll be interesting to see quite how he performs this year. And following that series will be the Pittsburgh Pirates in a three-game series. Brewers do not have an off day until Thursday, April 21st, before their three-game series with Philly in Philadelphia, and then following the Philadelphia series is a one-game series against the San Francisco Giants, April 25th. I'm not sure how that works. This is the first time for me personally as a Brewer fan that, other than the 
tiebreaker game against the Cubs in 2018. But this is the first time that I have ever seen a one-game series take place in the regular season. Pittsburgh Pirates, Brewers will face off once again in a three-game series in Pittsburgh. And then the Brewers will round out the Cubs in a three-game series to end the month of April and into May 1st. Going to go back and correct myself. Pedro Severino, 80-game suspension. I believe I said eight when we began the Brewers talk. So no, not eight games. 80 games, um, one short of half the season due to PED suspension. Um, that happened just a couple days ago before opening day. So Brewers' Omer Devarez going to have to step up at the catcher position as well as there are other signees that recently happened this week. So Brewers-Cubs all weekend long. Catch it on Bally Sports Wisconsin. Um, game two of the series will begin today. And all the games the rest of the weekend will start at 1.20 Central Time. So definitely Brewers baseball is something I'll keep myself updated with throughout the year. Um, as I try to grow forward in my knowledge of sports, I got to get back with Brewers baseball because... Quite honestly, it's hard to watch all 162 games. I know as a kid, I always told my parents, I'm going to watch every pitch of every game this season. But with school, that's just impossible. Um, one day, who knows, maybe I'll be covering professional baseball. And I just might get to see every single pitch of a 162-game season. But that being said, let's move on to Wisconsin Badgers spring football. As I stated multiple times in last episode and this one, college sports are my favorites. Wisconsin football and basketball, obviously big parts of my sports DNA. Um, I'd say primarily Wisconsin football. As there's a lot of history that's gone with them in recent history. However, last season, not the worst, but definitely not the best, especially as it started out. Graham Mertz, a guy, a recruit from Kansas that I thought was going to be a pretty big star in this Badger, in a Badger uniform, however, as he enters his redshirt junior year. Um, last year, he threw 11 touchdowns, I believe, to 12 interceptions. Quarterback rating of only 56.1, or point something, I believe. So, that being said, Graham Mertz, his, emergent, or his improvements will be crucial to the 2022 upcoming Badger football season. Uh, Wisconsin started out 1-3 last year. I'm losing to Penn State on my birthday. How heartbreaking. Easily defeating Eastern Michigan. And then the probably the most painful badge game to watch in my career as a fan. The Notre Dame game at Soldier Field in Chicago. Wisconsin entered the third quarter, leading the Fighting Irish 13-10. I was in a dorm watching the game with some of my friends from college, some of them being Wisconsin fans, but some of them being Notre Dame fans as well. So it was three quarters of just nonstop yelling at each other. But when it came time for fourth quarter, I had nothing to say, especially when Notre Dame went on their 31-point scheme in that fourth quarter. Graham Mertz throwing four interceptions that day on September 25th, night, or September 25th, 2021, a painful day. For me as a Badger fan, Wisconsin went on to lose to Michigan. But the rest of the year, Wisconsin had controlled their own destiny. Winning out would have still made the Big Ten Championship. 
Um, however, it was Minnesota ending all of that. Wisconsin beating a ranked Iowa. Iowa, I believe, was ninth in the nation at the time. Purdue, top 25 as well. So during that stretch, Wisconsin has some huge wins. The 17-year-old at the time, Braylon Allen, really emerged. He's going to be a standout sophomore as an 18-year-old this upcoming year. Um, plenty of returning linemen to pave the way from him. Uh, receiving will be a little iffy for Wisconsin this year. Chimay DK, really the only standout receiver returning. Um, Wisconsin did receive a transfer. Wide receiver from UCLA. Kentez Lewis is the former UCLA receiver transferring to the University of Wisconsin. He announced that on Tuesday night of this week. Um, Wisconsin also received a transfer from Toledo College, Justin Clark. Clark is a, yeah, like I said, he's from Toledo, cornerback. Um, the final notable, I guess, transfer to Wisconsin, Vito Calverso. Calvaruso, I should say. Man, last names are hard today. Arkansas Razorback, SEC kicker. So some new faces coming from the transfer portal for the Badgers. Defensively, quite honestly, I don't know what is going to be expected of this Badger defense. Um, obviously, Wisconsin defense, Jimmy Leonard. I'm willing to argue the best defensive coordinator in the entire nation. Um, has led Wisconsin to the best overall off overall defense against offense in the nation multiple times. Dave Aranda, I'd would be willing to argue is second to uh Leonard Aranda leading Wisconsin for LSU back in the year 2017. But Jimmy Leonard, obviously developing guys. He was a safety at Wisconsin during his playing days. Went on to the NFL, played for the Jets a little bit, but now here he is. Coaching at Wisconsin. Now, like I said, Wisconsin defense. No Henningston. No Jack Sanborn. No Leo Chanel. Chanel, the leading tackler. Or one of the leading tacklers. I believe it was either him or Sanborn. But both those two have a chance to make a difference in the NFL. I'm sure they'll maybe get drafted in the later rounds. NFL draft, by the way, coming up towards the end of April. We'll have content of that when the time comes. Defense. Or from the defensive back, no Hicks, no Wilder, no Caesar Williams. And finally, I believe it was Scott Nelson. Yeah, Scott Nelson was number nine for the badge at the safety position. So defensively for Wisconsin, not quite sure what to expect, especially this far away from the season as the Badgers are in training camp right now. Um, spring football for Wisconsin, something I've always liked to keep track of. Um... I don't think I'll be attending the spring football game this year. That's something my family would take me to from time to time. Growing up, Badger Fun Day was also included with that. Um, I haven't been to a spring game since Wisconsin did Josh Gosser and Duye Dukin as the honorary captains. Both those guys a part of the 2014 and 2015 Final Four seasons for Wisconsin basketball. But needless to say, biggest key for Wisconsin as they approach the 2022 season, developing Graham Mertz into a more mobile quarterback, a better decision maker, better play caller, an adjuster, an audibling, and just overall confidence levels. Obviously, with the quarterback rating of 56, it's not going to get you very far. 
when you throw more interceptions than touchdowns, obviously it's not going to get you very far. The offensive line will develop. Paul Chris, very good as head coach and making some of these guys, I know, not specific, but Wisconsin does have a returning All-Big Ten honorable mention at line. They have a four-star ESPN recruit who will make his way into the starting role. And as I mentioned, the receiver, Kenson from UCLA and Shimre DK will run the way. Not quite sure what the tight end position will look like for the Badgers, but when you have a guy like Braylon Allen, he's going to be obviously the highlight reel and spotlight for defenses around the Big Ten and the nation. So really, that presence is going to open up the play action for Graham Mertz, and that's, this is where being more mobile is going to benefit him and the team for the better. So I read plenty of articles. Graham Mertz doing a lot of scouting on guys like Joe Burrow and Tom Brady, some of his icons. Joe Burrow, by the way, only completed 56% of his passes his junior year before, obviously, his standout senior year, winning the Heisman and leading the Tigers to a national championship and him going on to the NFL. However, Graham Mertz is on a similar training program with his footwork and just overall completion drills, similar to Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow went from completing 56% of his passes to 73. Let's see if that program can reciprocate with Badgers quarterback, number six, Graham Mertz. So Wisconsin football, look at their upcoming schedule for the 2022 season. Um, They'll start September 3rd hosting Illinois State. Illinois State, non-FBS opponent. Badgers haven't done that in a while. Um, Wisconsin will play host to Washington State out of the Pac-12. New Mexico State the week after. And Saturday, September 24th, Wisconsin and Ohio State. Wisconsin has not defeated Ohio State since the year 2010. Back when guys like Scott Tolzien, John Clay, James White was in his freshman year. J.J. Watt was a senior at Wisconsin. And that was the last time the Badgers beat Ohio State. 31-18. to Wisconsin ranked number 18 in the nation at the time. Ohio State number one. College game day was there. Every ESPN empire seemed to have made the appearance for that one. And similar media coverage will take place in this one as well. I can only imagine. But the rest of the Big Ten, not too hard of a schedule. Michigan State might be a challenge. Iowa and Purdue, always tough opponents for the Badgers. Minnesota. To finish things out, a game I'm very I I'm definitely eyeing up on going to. Um, Wisconsin unable to defeat the Gophers for that Big Ten championship spot this past year, had to sell for the Las Vegas Bowl, which they defeated Arizona State. However, there was nothing more. I talked about the Illinois game being one of the most painful, or not the Illinois that game was in Illinois the Notre Dame game, being one of the most painful to watch the Badger. But. One of the more painful moments was watching Minnesota jump around. Them using the Badger tradition against us. Ugh. I don't think I've ever came close to just going to bed depressed. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that soppy mood. Wisconsin, definitely improvements will need to be made this year. Lots to look forward to. A lot of new faces on the roster. Paul Chris obviously will be looking to play his very 
conservative pro style of football offensively. Jimmy Leonard, I'm sure, will develop the defense in due time. And throughout the summer, we'll definitely keep an eye out for the upcoming season and standouts and what to expect going forward. So that's what I have to say today. Um, Obviously, this episode, not one of my best, but not going to lie. I'm looking forward to doing more of these, improving on it as a whole. I'm very grateful for everyone who has listened in so far. Um, Thank you if you're a listener from the first episode for coming back and returning. If you're new here, be sure to check out the first episode. Like I said, before I got this podcast started, or at least the second episode, um, be sure to go out and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at here's Johnny Tim with no H and Johnny, obviously. And with that being said, that pretty much concludes the second episode of the newest podcast on the sports market. Here's Johnny once again, folks, I'm your host, Jonathan Johnny Tim. For me, I am off to Beloit College this weekend to compete in track and field. Hopefully our first outdoor meet of the season. Fingers crossed it does not get canceled. We were originally supposed to go to Wabash College in Indiana. I was looking forward to traveling to that one. However, it got moved to Sunday. Our team did not agree with it. This Sunday, I will be calling St. Norbert softball as they host a doubleheader, doubleheader I should say against Alverno College, so be sure to go to the St. Norbert website for that one. I'm sure I'll post the link in my Facebook and Twitter. So be sure to tune in if you want to hear me call St. Norbert College softball. First pitch for the doubleheader will be at noon central time. And meet this weekend, I will be competing in the high jump and javelin. I'll be making my javelin debut. Javelin is an event that wasn't existent in the WIAA due to danger reasons, but I'm excited to start my collegiate outdoor track and field career this weekend. So once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. I'm excited to see what this podcast becomes as I look forward to getting my name out there in the sports media world. And like I said, sometime soon, hopefully, um, we're going to include some intro music. That'll all come in due time. So one final statement. Thank you once again for tuning in. Um, shout out to my guy, Jordan Lorenz, former member of Jordan Drew, the sports crew. It's unfortunate we have to say that, but Jordan Lorenz, great friend of mine who I got to know over the last year, unfortunately is stepping down from his podcast position. So it's in good hands as Drew Skyberg will look to keep that podcast going. Be sure to check them out at Jordan and Drew, the sports crew available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And be sure to follow my podcast on Spotify as well and Apple Music. Once again, folks, Jonathan Giant Tim here signing out. Thank you all once again for listening, and we will see you next time.